Welcome to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast, bringing all things health and wellness to the Tampa Bay community. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Reller, board certified family and obesity medicine physician. Please remember, while I am a doctor, I may not be your doctor. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not medical advice. Please seek out your physician for your specific needs. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Ruller, and today we have a very special guest, Dr. Hayes Estes. Dr. Hayes, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm Dr. Hayes Estes. I am a doctor of physical therapy, and I am the owner of Premier Physical Therapy, and we have a couple locations here in Clearwater, Florida and Palm Harbor, Florida. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm in Clearwater and Palm Harbor too. So I think that's how we are starting to get to know each other. So you have a lot of letters after your name. I just wanted you to explain what those may be to the audience. So when they read the show notes and know what that means. Sure. Sure. So in addition to my DPT, I have a master's in health administration. I got that as kind of a stepping stone to my doctorate, but also at being a private practice owner needed to have a better understanding of the business side of healthcare. I'm also an orthopedic clinical specialist. Essentially what that means is I have my board certification in orthopedic physical therapy. So I have a bunch of extra time spent in that setting. And then I sat for an additional exam other than my national exam. When I graduated, I sat for another exam and passed that and got my board certification. So that just means that I'm a little more up to date on the latest evidence with orthopedic physical therapy with some post-surgical rehabilitation protocols and the knowledge of what the surgeries are. And then because I work a lot with people who like to work out, I work a lot with CrossFitters and powerlifters. I'm also a USA weightlifting level one coach. So in my clinic, I like to kind of bridge that gap between rehab and performance. And I will have people, you know, squat and deadlift and do the Olympic movements. Maybe they won't set a PR in the clinic. But, you know, I never feel safe or comfortable if I just let someone go back to the gym without actually watching them move. So those are a few of the letters. I and mean, as we were kind of joking before, I just with every comma, it's just more student loan debt. That's really what it is. <laughs> so I actually have a lot of questions from that. But let me start with the comparison, I guess, for my sake and maybe some others listeners. So for the orthopedic specialist part, it's kind of like maybe we go to fellowship for doctors of medicine. Okay. And then, so do you have like weightlifting equipment in the office? We do. Yes. Like basically an entire gym. Essentially. So we have our traditional rehab, my treatment tables. So we do our hands-on treatment. We have TheraBand, a resistance band, some lighter dumbbells, all the little balance stuff. But in the back half of my clinic, I have my squat rack. I have Mm. barbells, bumper plates, kettlebells. I mean, we use those with Pretty much everyone that comes into the clinic. Now, is my 80-year-old going to be lifting 300 pounds? No, but I have a power lifter who could squat 600 pounds before, and you know they might squat 300, 400 pounds in the clinic. We do that safely. We have safeguards. I spot them, but we use that stuff in the rehabilitation because, again, I would feel remiss if someone who could lift 400, 600 pounds stopped their rehab once they could lift a five-pound dumbbell. Yeah, absolutely. So you do see more traditional patients as well. Like you mentioned the 80 year old. Okay. Just wanted to be clear on that. So I guess really, how did you get into physical therapy anyway? What motivated you? So combination of things. One is my own injury history. So that's a pretty classic story. 
for outpatient PTs. You know, I played pretty much every sport under the sun. I was on three varsity teams in high school and tried to go to the next level and tore my ACL and my meniscus. I have actually done that twice on the same knee. And going through the rehabilitation opened my eyes to, oh, I had a very good PT and it opened my eyes to this is a profession that I think that I could get it could reward me in helping people. I've always wanted to be into the health setting. My father is a physician. My grandfather, he was a physician. So it's always kind of been in my blood. But this was kind of a way I could marry both worlds between the medical and the performance. And also I could go home at five o'clock at night and, and spend time with my family as well. So those are all the reasons why I got into this profession. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely hear that injury story and usually at a younger age too. And then the rehab and the motivating factor of wanting to go into physical therapy. And it totally makes sense because it can really impact you obviously in the direction of what you were going to do if you're going to play a higher level of sport, but then also kind of introduces you to the rehab and the treatment that can be done. I know my husband, he broke his ankle and I think the best part of his recovery was working with the physical therapist that brought him the ability to be able to play soccer once again. So totally. Tell me a little bit more about the USA weightlifting sports performance coaching. I'm trying to read it, <laughs> all of that. And how do you integrate that into your practice? So weightlifting is different than powerlifting is different from just going to the gym and doing the leg press machine. So weightlifting is actually three movements, kind of two movements. It's what's called a snatch and what's called a clean and a jerk. Uh, so it's a barbell. I have a barbell. I'm trying to get that barbell up over my head. And they are very technical movements. They are used a lot in the sport of CrossFit. So if you see people who are lifting a bar up over their head, they're in all likelihood doing one of these movements. And in this area, we have a lot of CrossFit gyms. And I, for the most part, love the idea of CrossFit. And meaning it's a good way to get people active and doing the resistance training that they need to do to help stave off systemic conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. But again, they get hurt, right? They don't get hurt at a higher level than any other sport. There's studies that back that up but they get hurt. And again, it's the same thing where because it's such a technical movement, I want to make sure that people are doing it properly to get them back to working out again. So I spent the extra time to get that certification where I learned to coach and modify those movements, the snatch, the queen, and the jerk to people who have pain. Gotcha. Do you participate in CrossFit yourself? I do. I do a little bit. I am in what's called the master's division now, but I do uh, probably once or twice a week. My second location is inside a, a gym that used to be a CrossFit affiliate. And so I work out there and then I do the movements on my own and my own training as well. I'm probably more of a power lifter. That's uh, the squat, the bench, the deadlift, but I espouse both of them. Did you get CrossFit certification or what you already had is more than that already? You can get a CrossFit certification and the difference between that and USA weightlifting is that CrossFit is a little bit more of, they'll do different types of workouts. So I may do a snatch in a CrossFit workout, but I'll do 10 of them as fast as I can. And then I will immediately go into doing maybe a version of a pull-up or doing some lunges, or I'm doing some, a bunch of different movements back to back to back. Whereas in traditional weightlifting and powerlifting, I'm basically doing that one movement for as heavy of as a weight as I could possibly go. And I don't do anything else. So okay. the USA weightlifting, I give the understanding of the movements and that's enough to allow me to coach CrossFitters. If I got a CrossFit coach certification, 
the difference there would be just the programming understanding. So meaning, all right, how do I teach someone how to do the snatch and then go and do a rope climb and then go and do a ball slam and things of that nature? I feel like I need to go into a CrossFit gym. I have not tried it personally yet, I guess, but I do practice obesity medicine and there is another clinician that I don't work with directly, but she got her CrossFit coaching license and sometimes even coaches her patients or clients with that as well to help improve muscle mass and help with weight loss. It's definitely a great program for learning weightlifting in general. I just haven't personally done it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you definitely help a lot of athletes. Is there a favorite thing or favorite problem that you like to treat? You know, with my personal history of my knee injuries and surgeries, anyone who comes in with knee pain or post-surgical, post-knee surgery patient, that's probably, you know, more of my passion. But shoulder, low back, knees, hips, that's pretty much the bulk of what we see. I'm good with it all. But, you know, if I had to pick one, quote unquote, I'll say knees are kind of my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Do you kind of believe in the philosophy when there is a physical problem that maybe the primary care sends a patient that the first thing maybe need to be done is physical therapy rather than something else? Unless it's an acute traumatic injury, right? right? You and I know this, but you know the general population, probably, if there's an acute traumatic injury, I had a pop, snap, crack, my joint is like blown up. Okay. Let's go see what that is. Right. But if it's a gradual onset of pain. There's nothing acute about it. It just has progressively worsened or it stayed the same. Conservative treatment is the way to go in the majority of these conditions. Just because time and time again, what comes back in the evidence is, hey, all right, well, you have this chronic condition. It's due to a variety of factors that are usually something along with lack of mobility, a lack of strength, a lack of work capacity, decreased balance. Hey, guess what? Those are all conservative things that we can manage. So, you know, yeah, that's my belief. Yeah, I I definitely should have prefaced that with ruling out an acute problem. So when do you think that maybe imaging is needed? I would say, again, acute injuries, right? We've covered that. Imaging, we would want imaging if someone comes into my clinic. So again, you're probably aware of this, but maybe the general public isn't. As a doctor of physical therapy, my education is to both diagnose and treat musculoskeletal conditions. More importantly, I'm also educated on differential diagnosis and red flags and when someone is not appropriate to be in my clinic and they're presenting with these neurological symptoms or things that may require urgent or emergent care. And so that's when imaging would be necessary. Somebody comes into my clinic, they're presenting with things like saddle anesthesia, meaning like numbness in the genital region and their entire leg has gone numb. They can't even move their leg, loss of coordination. Those are things where I say, hey, we need to go have imaging. If it's musculoskeletal, I really only need to have imaging if someone is not responding to our care. I use the word need, I'm putting air quotes on it, because there could be a variety of factors when it comes into pain, right? Musculoskeletal pain, there's so much that goes into it besides just the physical, just the anatomical. But if someone isn't responding to our treatment, it might be useful to get some imaging. And that might give us a little bit of some information in there to say, it might be good. It might say, hey, look, here's your MRI. There's nothing wrong. That means that we can keep going. Even if it comes back with something on the MRI, I can still come back and say, well, hey, guess what? The good news about this condition is that the evidence says that the majority of people respond to conservative care. So if someone is not responding to our care over the course of maybe, I don't know, I would say a couple of months, give or take, then I would say, all right, let's go get some imaging. Let's see what's going on. And then we'll hopefully come back to PT. 
Have you actually had any patients come in that kind of needed more than acute imaging, like you mentioned? Just, Just once one. it was fortunate, you know, I thought it might have been some cauda equina type stuff. Fortunately, it wasn't, but it just wasn't adding up, right? My neurological screening was a little abnormal. And, you know, I just, hey, listen, you're presenting as some chronic low back pain. This gentleman was in his 20s, had a difficulty getting an erection, and it just wasn't adding up. And so, hey, man, we need to go have some imaging. Fortunately, it was not bad. There were some other non-musculoskeletal things that were going on in his life, but that was a time where I said, hmm, we need to get this taken care of. Yeah, I feel like that could be more possible if they were to self-refer to physical therapy before seeing like another provider. Yeah. A little concerning, I think, with the saddle anesthesia that you mentioned. So obviously imaging is important if they're not responding. I think that's a great way to watch that rather than, you know, a lot of times people come to me and they're like, Hey, I need an x-ray. I need an MRI. And I'm like, wait, hold on. First of all, your insurance isn't going to cover this until I try this, that, or the other first. But yeah, obviously we're going to rule out the acute things in the primary care setting or orthopedic setting too. And then send them over to you guys. So I guess what sets your PT practice apart? I mean, we've sort of touched on that already. Well, one of my favorite, well, I won't say it's a favorite stat. It's a stat that I will probably say on a daily basis is that about 77% of this country is not meeting the guidelines for minimum weekly exercise requirements. Those are 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardiovascular exercise and two days per week of moderate intensity strength training. 77% in this country not meeting those guidelines. And pain, musculoskeletal pain, should not be a barrier to that entry. So I am trying to find a way to empower people to continue to move and to meet those guidelines. And again, those guidelines are there to help stave off those systemic conditions that I talked about before, diabetes, high blood pressure, respiratory infections, and so on and so forth. And so I like to I feel like our mission here at Premier Physical Therapy is to empower people to continue to move. And we also can accomplish that. And we also set ourselves apart because we're always one-on-one with our patients. And there have not many studies out there for a variety of reasons, looking at group treatment versus one-on-one, but patient satisfaction scores and outcomes to some degree are better when you look at one-on-one treatment. So a combination of we're one-on-one. We all have the education. We use evidence to our advantage. And then to help people move, encourage people to move and getting some of that moderate intensity work here using the weights that we have to help people beat those guidelines and get out of pain. Yeah. Do you think in the general population, if someone is exercising on their own and they get injured while exercising, they're less likely to continue? I mean, in some degree, right? That's kind of like the old, uh, it depends. <laughs> so They might, right? They get hurt exercising and depending on their injury history in the past, depending on on their understanding or beliefs about pain, there might be kind of a cascade effect of, well, I hurt myself doing this, so I guess it wasn't good for me, so I'm not going to do it anymore, right? And we know that that's not a way to go through life because I have yet to meet a person or especially like a strength coach or a personal trainer whose caseload is a bunch of pain-free people. So pain is part of life. Right. I mean, yeah, we're trying to all avoid it, but it's going to happen at some point. The key is kind of how you respond to it. And that's where we live. What are some daily activities and preventative measures that you think people can implement in their daily life? For instance, in the office setting, you know, sitting, standing, sitting, standing rather than sitting all day or something like that. Is there anything that you'd like to recommend? 
Yeah, that's a great one, especially with COVID and still kind of coming out of it. People were doing a lot of sitting, a lot of working at home, and we started to see a whole influx of neck pain and back pain. One of the easiest things we told people was like, hey, just get up and move. Mm -hmm. So that's a simple one. Sometimes the follow-up is, well, all right, what exactly does that mean? And so they've actually done studies on that in terms of reducing pain, but also allowing people to maintain focus on whatever project they're on. You need about two minutes per hour, right? So literally what I'll have people do is, hey, it's eight o'clock, 8.58, get up, move, right? Maybe do a couple of some stretches or something like that. And then you can sit back down at nine o'clock and you've reduced your pain, but you've also allowed yourself to keep your focus on the project. So to your point, just getting up and moving, changing position, but there's some specific numbers with that. The other thing is sleep. Honestly, it's one of the things that we probably talk about a good amount here in the clinic. And the amount of sleep kind of varies from person to person. There is an average out there, but in addition to the amount of sleep, it's also the quality of sleep too. Meaning we got to get to that deep REM sleep. Why is that? Especially when it comes to musculoskeletal conditions, that's where the body releases growth hormone, testosterone, those hormones that drive the healing process and the natural inflammatory process, they come out during the deep REM sleep. So just making sure that I'm consistently getting some sleep and getting a good quality of sleep, that's something we talk about as well. Yeah, I definitely like the get up for two minutes thing. Sometimes I've learned the 50 and 10. I think that's a little too much. But also, I often tell people for water intake, right? I just tell them to be drinking tons of water. So then the more you have to pee, it's great. You got to get up and go, right? <laughs> right. So I go. think that that helps too. And then, you know, the Fitbits and the Apple Watches, I mean, they can give the little reminders to help people get mm -hmm. up and move too. And I can definitely see how you were increasing your amount of visits for neck and back pain during COVID. That's kind of what I was getting at with that. So yeah. that's, yeah, definitely good to hear that validation. So I did notice on your Instagram, it's run Tampa Bay. Tell me about that. So Premier Physical Therapy has been around for a while. I've been the owner for a little over five years now. The previous owner, he was more of an endurance athlete himself. We saw a lot of runners. We still see and treat a lot of runners. When I joined and took over as the owner, we obviously shifted gears a little bit yeah. and we still see everyone. When I looked to potentially change the Instagram handle, it was just kind of a pain in the butt, to be honest with you, to try to find something. It would have been like underscore premier underscore like PT, like with a bunch of numbers after it. So I just said, what the heck with it? We are run Tampa Bay. And the good news is that there's a lot that goes with it. Like we're making people run, we're making people move. Our motto is improving life through motion. So whatever that entails, that's what we're trying to do. And uh, maybe one day, I don't know, I have family members who are politicians. Maybe one day I will be running Tampa Bay. Maybe I'll be mayor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I will be looking forward to that. Yeah, it is really frustrating trying to name things lately. I've been having that struggle as well. So is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners or anything that we missed that you'd like to touch on? I want to keep coming back to that statistic where two, three quarters of the population are not meeting those guidelines. We don't want pain to be your barrier to entry, right? So there are many simple things that we can do to allow you to train exercise with less pain. And it, sometimes it's even as simple as I just go change my hand position on a bar and a bench press, and that's all I need to take away my shoulder pain. There's no exercise or movement out there that is inherently dangerous. As long as you have gradually loaded and gradually worked your way into that position, right? So I've made a joke. I'm not having my grandmas come in here and lift 300 pounds. 
on day one, right? But that doesn't mean that a deadlift is bad as long as we gradually work on it and load up. So people should not be afraid of exercise. They shouldn't be afraid of movements as long as they kind of work into it. And the main thing we're trying to do here is I'm trying to empower people to continue to move and to enjoy their life. Would you recommend people get a trainer or something if they're trying to get into lifting and hadn't done it before or obviously CrossFit coaching? Yeah. If you feel like you need some assistance, there are plenty of people out there. I have many coaches and trainers in the area that I connect with that I refer to. The good news about physical therapy is that even if you're not having pain, we can still address lack of strength, lack of mobility, lack of balance. And if any of those things you feel like are affecting your ability to get active, doctor of physical therapy can do an evaluation. And at the very least, we say, hey, listen, you're doing pretty well. You're actually good. Here's some exercises that you can work on. And or, hey, here's a list of trainers that I know that I trust that I'm happy to refer you to, to help as that kind of stepping stone to meeting the goals that we that we want to meet and getting you back to doing the things that you love to do. So where can everybody find you? Which I know we talked about the Instagram, but yeah. anything so, else? So the business is run Tampa Bay. It's all one word. You can also find me. I'm just, I'm Hayes Estes, H-A-Y-S-E-S-T-E-S at Hayes Estes on Instagram. We're on Facebook, Premier Physical Therapy and Sports Performance. Again, we have two locations in Clearwater and Palm Harbor. And our website is ptandsportstherapy.com. And yeah, you can find us there. We're all over. Perfect. All right. We'll put all that in the show notes. And if anybody needs primary care or obesity medicine physician, I'm also in Clearwater and Palm Harbor. And you can find us at www.cfma.health. All right. Tune in next week for a new topic. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast sponsored by Clearwater Family Medicine and Allergy. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with your family and friends. We would also love it if you took the time to rate and review us on iTunes. See you next week.